Welcome back to High Point Online. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here. A pleasure to be here with you this morning, wherever you're streaming from, thankful to be with you. Um, my wife and I, my, my four kids, uh, we live here in Kennesaw, just outside of Atlanta. And before we moved to Atlanta, Georgia, uh, we lived in Orlando, Florida for a little over six years. And when Amy and I, uh, when we were moving to Atlanta, uh, to, to Orlando, excuse me, you know, people always think of one thing when they think of Orlando. What is it? It's Disney. Pe- people think of Mickey Mouse, understandably. Uh, so when we moved to Orlando, we, you know, we, we weren't sure about this whole Disney World thing. I had been when I was a kid, and I remembered liking it, but I didn't know if we were going to be the kind of family or the couple that, that got season passes to Disney World and kind of did the whole Disney thing. Wasn't sure. So we went, right, just to kind of try it out after we moved there. And I have to tell you, um, as somebody at the time, you know, I was an, an adult going back, no kids. And I was so impressed with how clean Disney World was. I mean, maybe I'm just kind of, you know, nerd at this point. I, I don't know. But walking around, there was no trash anywhere. And the customer service was unbelievable. And at the church that we were pastoring, you know, there were a couple Disney executives that, that, were, that were at our church. There were cast members at our church. And getting to talk to them about the culture of Disney was a really neat thing. And we learned about the amount of care and thought and effort that went in to just about every experience so that you could feel as, as legitimate of an experience as you possibly could. So all of the homework and research that went into making East Asia feel like East Asia and the Himalayas and the Mount Everest ride and all the things, when you understand the amount of effort and work that went into it, it really heightened the, the experience. And then you throw in things like Dole Whip, Pineapple ice cream. Mm. The glory. Okay. It's a beautiful thing if you've never had it. Uh, then you throw in fireworks. And, and Amy and I we're, we're, you know, we're walking around and we're we're enjoying you know the, the parks. And, and in one particular occasion, we had extra time in our hand. And it's Orlando, so that means it's nine billion degrees. And so there was an indoor theater, uh, and it was finding Nemo. We're like, you know what? let's just go and it'll be at least cool and dark in there and we can cool off for a few minutes. And as a creative, if you don't know this about me, I'm, I'm, I lean more on the creative side. And so, you know, we, we went into the fighting Nemo, we get our seats and the, the show starts. And my jaw is just on the ground at the level of creativity and artistry and talent. I mean, this, the Finding Nemo musical, I kid you not, with zero apology. The lights come on at the end of the show and Amy and I both are like, you know, who's cutting onions in here? You know, like here I am emotional over a lost son being found by his fish father. It's the gospel, okay? Happening at Disney World. And, but, but it just was an amazing experience from top to bottom. We left and we looked at each other and we're like, we're totally buying season passes. And we did. 
And we went to Disney World every, I mean, just about every single week. And we couldn't believe that we were afforded literally this opportunity. And I, I know it's like half joking and some of you are like, oh, that sounds horrific. For us, we became Disney super fans, if you, didn't, if you couldn't guess. And the biggest thing that we thought about going to Disney World was what snack we wanted to bring and what snack we wanted to buy when we were there. And we would go on a, on a Thursday night and then we'd go back on a Saturday. And it just was a crazy time. And I, I, I kid you not, we, we didn't necessarily articulate it in, this, in, 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 in these words. But there was a posture in our hearts when we lived in, in Orlando for six years, getting to go to Disney, knowing how difficult it is for so many. It's a hard thing. It's not an easy thing to go to Disney World. It's not easy packing up your kids and going. It's not easy saving for it. And yet we had this privilege of getting to go. And we just looked at each other and we're like, man, can you believe we get to do this? What kind of life are we living? It was amazing. Have you ever had an experience like that that just feels almost too good to be true? You've got a restaurant. You heard people talking about pizza earlier here. Gerald clearly has. A, a, a slice of pizza that he loves that I promise you is too good to be true. There's no way. That being said, there are experiences that you have that you look back on, and it's just, it's an amazing moment, an amazing season, chapter. Even if you can't think of that right now, I would submit to you that your relationship with Jesus, the salvation offered to you from Christ, is one of those moments. It's one of those experiences, not just a singular, I had it, it's, it, it, it's gone, it's done, it's in the rearview mirror, but knowing Jesus and having relationship with him and being part of his church, it is one of those, those experiences where we should be able to look at each other and say to ourselves, can you believe that we get to do this? This is the heart uh, of, of High Point Churches. We're in a series right now uh, called This is Who We Are. This is what defines us. This is what makes us us. This is a part of what it means to be a part of the tribe of High Point. One of the things that we say repeatedly here is we don't have to, we get to. Or in other words, Maybe even a better way to say it is, can you believe that we get to do this? We get to experience church together. We get to worship God together. We get to serve together, to love one another, to be a blessing. We get to do this. And when you understand the privilege and joy and honor and being part of God's kingdom, it's amazing what it does in terms of your attitude and your posture and your heart. Can you believe that we get to do this? Sometimes I can't. I love, I love this. Yes, I love preaching online, and I love preaching, and I love the gifts, and I love the church, but I just, I love being the church, and I love being the church with you. 
Philippians chapter 3, Paul writes, he says, he's writing to the church in Philippi, and he says, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it's a safeguard for you. Paul's writing to the, the Philippian church, and he's telling them things that they've already heard before. And he's reminding them to rejoice in the Lord. They're specifically going through a hard time. They have some struggles and difficulties, but he's helping them be defined in this moment. In other words, this is what makes you, you. Don't forget this. This makes us, us. The joy of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Oh, by the way, it's no trouble for me to remind you again. It's a safeguard for your heart. This is a part of who you are as a Christian. Don't forget it. Last week, or really two weeks ago, we were three weeks into this series called This Is Who We Are. We started off with you're never too lost to be found. You can't outrun God's grace. Number two, you're, last week, we're called to be extravagant givers. We can't outgive God. You can't outrun God. You can't outgive God. And then today, our, 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 our reminder for, for being who God has called us to be is that we get to do this. We get to do it. Here's what I want you to do. If you've got a Bible, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57. Uh, I'm going to remind you of some things today, similar to what Paul reminded the church in Philippi. Um, Number one, relationship with Jesus, obeying him and serving his mission. It is a great joy and honor and privilege to do so. It doesn't always feel that way. I get it. I talked about Disney World, you know, at the beginning. I realized that, that, that life doesn't always just feel like pineapple dole whip, okay? Serving in God's church and, and all the things that, that come with relationships. It gets messy, Let's be honest. Relationships in the church, sometimes we come in with, with these false ideas that it's just a bed of roses. Oh, there's plenty of things that are difficult. There are plenty of things that are messy. But it is our joy to serve God through those things and to love one another. It's our joy. It's our honor. It's our privilege we get to do this. It's amazing what happens when your posture in God's kingdom is one of gratitude and thanksgiving, especially as opposed to one that's kind of defined by guilt. And some of you have watched, watching this, you know what it's like, right? For faith to feel more obligatory, to feel more like it's duty, it's emotional drudgery, more than it really is joyful, filled with grace, gratitude, and thanksgiving. That's what we're after. And might I add, what defines high point as a people and as a family? That's it. That's part of who we are. Oh, there are moments. Uh, there are moments. <laughs> Everybody has them, right? But as a people, when you taste the cooking at High Point Church, this is what it tastes like. Joy of the Lord. We get to do this. So what is the this, okay? This is, you know, wrestling through this message. Sometimes you have messages you wrestle through. This was one for me in terms of how to articulate it for you. And I love talking about this. 
Because I grew up in church, and I love the church. And I mean it. I, I grew up. I had an amazing family. I went to church. I was one of those kids. Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, oftentimes a youth group, something on Friday. I mean, I lived at the church. My parents were some of the first people to the church, and they were some of the last people to leave. Guess what? I still am. <laughs> it hasn't changed. I love being part of the church. But sometimes familiarity, um, it can breed almost a complacency in your spirit, in your soul. Some of you watching, you grew up going to church and you've forgotten some of the joy and privilege of, be a part, of being part of God's church. Here's what I mean by it. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth now. And he says in his, some of his closing remarks, he says, Thanks be to God. He has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll read it again. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, one of the things that you get to be a part of is a people who have victory. And that victory does not come from your own strength. It doesn't come from your ability. It doesn't come from something that you've done or mustered up. It is the gift of Jesus Christ to you and to me and to his church. You and I have been given victory. This is part of what it means to be a part of this church. And when you are around High Point in particular, you're going to catch a language. You're going to catch some DNA. You're going to catch the culture of victory that you don't have to stay stuck in your sin. You don't have to stay addicted, stuck, tied up, shackled up, a slave to sin. The Bible says that you have been made a slave to righteousness. This is who you are. You have been given the victory that Jesus purchased for you. When he died on the cross and he rose again on the third day, victorious over sin and death. And then what does he do? He in turn gives that victory. To those who contributed nothing. When David fought Goliath, David was a foreshadowing of Christ. Many times we see ourselves in the David and Goliath story. But you're not David in the David and Goliath story. You're the bystander. You're the people of Israel watching as David goes out and slays the giant and hands freedom to the people of Israel who contributed nothing to the equation. You and I have been given victory through Jesus. Can you believe that we get to do this? Can you believe that we get to experience this? You are no longer a slave to sin. You are free and free indeed. That is amazing news. This week I came down from my, I came down like I just descended from heaven. I was walking down the stairs is what I was trying to say. <laughs> I came down. I walked down my stairs into my kitchen and I saw the letters PF on the microwave, which unbeknownst to me stands for power failure. And I still don't even really know what happened other than I think there was a 
power surge or there was an electrical storm, something like that. <laughs> Maybe something more precarious is at work. I don't know. But I literally, you know, you're reprogramming the clock like you do on your microwave and everything worked fine. But I got to thinking power failure. What a picture it is for so many of us as Christians who know the truth who have encountered Jesus in a true and life-saving way, your soul has been changed. You know the, the, the gift of salvation, and yet there is still something missing on the inside. A power failure. In other words, you've yet to really grasp and own the power afforded to you, the victory afforded to you, through Jesus. you got a power failure. Somewhere in the equation, there's a, there's a break that's taken place. Yes, you know Jesus. Yes, you're a Christian, but you're not necessarily walking in victory. And I want you to know today, you are one prayer away. You are one moment of faith away from experiencing true freedom and victory that only Jesus can afford. This is who we are. This is part of the joy and honor and privilege of walking together. Can you believe that we get to do this? We get to experience this. It's amazing. And it is tremendously good news today. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, that power is at work within you. Why? For his glory, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God, one more time, has given you power. The victory of Jesus. And that victory is not just so that you can beat your chest and say, look at me. Look how I'm living. No, 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 no. It is for his glory. You have been transformed for his glory glory. But if you're never walking in the power of the Spirit and the victory that Jesus has afforded you, well, you're not taking advantage. You're missing out of what God has given you. You're missing it. Can you believe we get to do this? You don't have to, but oh, do we get to. few years ago, well, let me rewind the tape here for a second. If you're watching, I'm not from Atlanta. Surprise. I talk about St. Louis a fair amount. I'm one of those people that's kind of crazy about where they're from. St. Louis is one of those, one of those places. So maybe you're watching from St. Louis right now. Love you. few years ago, being a St. Louis Cardinals fan... I had the opportunity uh, to fly into St. Louis. We had won like this auction for this experience to go and meet the Cardinal team, go out onto the field before the team started playing. We got to watch, they put us up in a hotel. I mean, it was like, it, it, it was an incredible experience. We won it, we took it, we got the flight. Graham, I took my oldest son with me. 
And we went to St. Louis and we got to meet uh, quite a few players on the team. And I'll never forget walking out, you know, from walking up the steps out onto the field. And they have this area set aside for us. You know, we're on the dirt and you're on the grass. And, and they're, you know, a lot of these guys, were, we watch these guys all the time on TV, Right. And you're seeing them larger than life. Some of these guys are just gigantic. They're tall. They're huge. And they're, 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 they're having batting practice. And they are jacking baseballs. 385 feet, 400 feet, just blasting them. And then, they, you know, they're turning around. They're signing autographs. They're throwing balls. They're shaking hands. It was awesome. Okay. And Graham and I are just sitting there, you know, just totally, we're totally into it. And I looked over, and there are people who work for the team. And they're standing, you know, against, you know, the wall, the little fence. And some of them are on their phones, and they're talking, and they're kind of just doodadding. You know, they're, they're doodling around, doodadding, and all the whatever. They're not paying any attention. Kind of bored. It's something that they've seen only about a thousand times. And I thought to myself, you have forgotten the magic of this moment. You, you've forgotten how awesome this really is and how rare it is to experience. You've forgotten the gift of what this is in this moment. And, you know, you're having these kind of spiritual collision course moments. And I was having this because I thought to myself, how easy it is for us to do this spiritually. We do it in the natural. These people had forgotten how amazing this moment was. People pay crazy amounts of money to be able to experience what we had won in a little auction. Most of them never get to experience it any at any point in time in their life. And these people were over here just kind of piddling around on their phone. They'd forgotten the significance of the moment and how often we do the same thing, spiritually speaking. We forget the significance of what it is like to come and worship together. We forget the significance of what it is to come and, and to give and to serve and to sacrifice, to lift our hands in song. We forget the significance of, of praying for one another and seeing God heal someone or seeing God move and someone who is not a Christian becomes a Christian. We forget the privilege and joy and honor of being the church. We get to do this. We get to. And it is an amazing thing to be part of. We get to walk in victory. And we get to be the church. We aren't the church because of guilt. We're the church because of grace. And what Jesus has done. Think about this for just a minute. Jesus is the son of God. He is the fullness of God. And he waits Thousands of years in human history, he waits for the perfect time to be sent. He is both fully God and he is fully man. And he is taken on flesh, born of the Virgin Mary. And he does so 
at the perfect time, at the, in the perfect conditions. And then he grows as a man in the flesh, enduring what it feels like to be a human being. He is God Almighty, and yet he humbles himself and becomes a man. And for 30 years, he grows in stature and influence. And his ministry then begins. And what does he begin to do? He preaches and he teaches and he does so with authority. And he does so with compassion. And he weeps with those whose hearts are broken. And he heals those whose bodies are broken. And he drives out wickedness and he drives out uh, evil spirits and demon-possessed. And he sets people free. And he preaches a kingdom. Uh, he says, repent for the kingdom of God is here. Dynamic ministry. And he does so living a perfect life. It's completely perfect. He did what you and I couldn't do. And then he goes to the cross once again at the perfect time and he dies for the sins of humanity for you and for me the sins of the world the weight of it I can't fathom it and he rises again victorious on the third day victorious over sin and victorious over death and he hands that to us but he doesn't just hand the victory to us he ascends to heaven and he gives you and I and the church a mission. What is that mission? My words, my paraphrase. Be the church. Be the people of God. A lot of times in the Bible you see the, the people of God, the church, it's compared to a bride. And that Jesus is the husband coming one day to return to get his bride for his ultimate wedding day, right? It's a picture that we see in the Bible. This is, of all the things going on, the significance of this moment. Think of, the, of how important this is. He waited for the perfect time. He waited for the perfect conditions. He, he was perfect himself. And then he hands this thing to us. And he says, again, in my words, be the church. I, I'm, I, I literally don't have words to fully articulate how I feel in this moment. Because I have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that Jesus would hand this to us. Such a precious gift of being his church. We don't have to do it. We don't have to be it. We get to. Ephesians 3.10, Paul writes that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
the manifold wisdom of God. Manifold is like many-sided. Imagine like a disco ball with little pieces of glass. Or better yet, at the 1808, we have stained glass windows, right? And the stained glass pieces all come together and they make a beautiful picture. The manifold wisdom of God. It's not about just you and Lone Ranger Christianity. No, it is the manifold wisdom of God put on display through what? The church coming together and being the church. We display God's glory to the world when we come together and we are the church, when we love one another and serve one another and give and lay our lives down. We get to do this. And as we do, God's glory is put on display. The manifold wisdom, many-sided wisdom of God. Amazing. Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, Paul begins to pray for the church in Ephesus now. And here's how he closes. He says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Power, people, bring it together. Together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. You've got to catch this. Paul is pleading and appealing in prayer that the people of God, that they wouldn't lose sight. They wouldn't be bored. They wouldn't be lazy. They wouldn't be apathetic. They would be reminded of the joy of being part of God's church. We get to do this. In fact, I'm praying for you that your mind and your heart would be stretched, that you would grasp once again the lo- how, how far his love stretches, how wide it is, how high it is, how deep it is, that this would blow your mind because the God that you serve is an amazing God, an awesome God, and he gave his very life for you and I that we might have freedom, that we might know him and have life more abundantly. And then he in turn gives this mission to us to come and be the church together to put his glory on display. And so much so that when people who don't know Jesus, who don't know God, when they would see us, when they would see the church, they'd look and say to themselves, these people must really believe what they're talking about. I don't have any explanation for why they would love each other this way. I don't have any explanation for why they would love this city so sacrificially. I I can't wrap my head around the person that I knew that used to live this way and now lives this way. I can't figure this out. See, God's glory is put on display when we are the church. We get to do this. So let's be specific. In our church, you're watching online, some of you watch from out of town. You know, we're beginning to meet again. 
in person every single week, starting on the 15th. And one of the things we get to do is we get to serve. And yeah, there are times where it's like, oh man, I don't really feel like getting up today and doing that. But this is where, when, you, when, you remi- when you're reminded of the joy of the Lord, and the privilege of getting to do this and to serve one another, it now changes your posture and your attitude. I get to serve with our kids. I get to get up and preach. I get to lead worship and be part of the worship team. I get to open doors. I get to serve in the parking lot. I get to set things up. I get to break things down. God, thank you for the opportunity for getting to do this. I get to give. I get to show up at community events and rep my church and be a blessing. I get to serve coffee. I get to lead small groups. I get to teach and I get to preach and I get to do things online in the digital service and I get to, I get to, we get to do this. And God's glory is put on display. We get to love one another fiercely, sacrificially. We get to give from the depths of what we have. For the joy of the Lord, for his glory. So today, it is no trouble for me to remind you that we get to be the church and that we get to walk in victory. This is who we are. This is what makes us, us. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, we love you, we worship you, and we are ever thankful for the victory that you have given us through Jesus. Victory over sin and victory over death. God, we thank you for the gift of salvation. And Father, we also thank you for the privilege of getting to be the church. God, the joy of getting to serve one another and love one another. We get to do this, God. And it's an amazing thing to be part of. Help us not to forget. If you're watching this morning and maybe you just have never really put your faith in Jesus. You're hearing about this victory. You're hearing about the cross. You're hearing about the resurrection. And somehow you're watching and you've never done that. I want to invite you, even in this moment right now, to put your faith in Jesus. Here's what it looks like. Right where you are, say, Jesus, I thank you that you are king and that you are savior. I turn from all the sin that I know. I turn from it and I turn to you as the king of my heart. Thank you for saving me from my sin. Thank you for giving me victory. It's not just something that you did back then. It's not just something that you're going to do in the future. It's something that you're giving me right now. Lord, thank you for giving me victory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, church. Thankful to be a part of this with you. Thankful to get to walk in victory with you and thankful to serve with you. Love you. See you next week in person.